1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. What do you remember about your civic education in grade school? Well, fun fact for our listeners who didn't go to school in Illinois, like me, eighth graders in public schools in this state have to pass what's called a constitution test in order to graduate. So, pop quiz. How are the Illinois and U.S. constitutions alike? How are they different? Describe a way in which you as a civic actor can influence or interact with each branch of government. Those are just a couple sample questions that Illinois eighth graders might have to think about during their constitution test. We spoke with WBEZ senior education editor Kate Grossman and a few other WBEZ colleagues to unpack the test. I started off by asking Kate why eighth graders are required to take this test in the first place.
2: The graduation requirement has been in place uh, for a long time. And the idea behind it is like, you know, we should all probably know our history and the ins and outs of government, but uh, just to know, but crucially so that we can grow up to be civically engaged adults who know how to vote, who care and have some sort of stake and understanding of how our government functions.
1: I see. Well, then the questions I asked earlier, they're from a newer version of the Constitution test. So why don't you talk us through how the test traditionally looks? So traditionally
2: it's been um well first of all there's no one constitution test. It's up to each school district and each teacher in okay. Chicago for example to design their own test. But historically they've been multiple choice, true false kind of when was state of Illinois founded um uh, you know, basic questions about...
1: All the questions that I don't know the answer to, essentially. <laughs> right. well,
2: you're, You are not from <laughs> Illinois, so you would should not know. Thank you, know. Kate, for recognizing yeah. that and giving so, me a pass. Right, so sort of fact-based questions, either about the Constitution itself or how our government functions. Like, we've all taken multiple choice tests. You can kind of picture it.
1: Yeah. So what was the thinking then behind moving away from the, the true-false style test? So, a, a couple things. So,
2: we have voter apathy, low voter turnout in this country, a lot of apathy, and the thinking is that we got to figure out a way to do civics education that kids are actually engaged, and you know want to grow up to be people who, you know, are active in our society, contributing
1: members to society. Right. Yes. And
2: so the thinking is, you know, rote memorization eh, doesn't really do it, right? Like we've all crammed for a test, mm-hmm. and then as soon as you leave the room, it's gone, right? So. Um, I can speak specifically about CPS because that's what we looked at most closely, and they decided um, the state started a requirement in 2019 for all middle schoolers to take one course in civics education, so this is new, and that prompted CPS to revamp its whole curriculum with a focus on not just facts and dates, like there's definitely some of that, but like how to teach kids how they can be actors in shaping their own democracy, not in the future, but today. So they have student voice committees. They go see the city council in action. Mm-hmm. They do volunteer program like embedded in their curriculum to really teach kids how to be actor, how to be engaged to get a taste of, oh, I made a difference, or this really makes me mad, and so this is something I want to keep working on. I,
1: I got excited when my my child, who was in eighth grade two years ago when we first got to Illinois, uh, said that they were listening to Reset in class, and that nice. was part of you know <laughs> the civic education. I was like, okay, yeah. that was impressive. And it's also just a quick note that
2: historically, that kind of civics education happens more in more affluent districts and in private schools and not in districts with more low-income kids like the majority are in Chicago. And CPS felt very strongly that they want, you know, all kids to have access to that and to, to learn, sort of get a taste of what it's like to
1: be engaged in your democracy. Well, many school districts, are now using a short answer question format for their constitution tests, Kate. So, so what difference would you say that's made as far as what students are learning and it's whether it's sticking.
2: Right. I mean, it's hard to know, again, because it's not one test. Like, we don't have the results. right? Um, I mean, we do know, unfortunately, there's a national report card test that measures, uh, has civics education on it, and it's very low. Only, like, 20% of the kids across the country are proficient. Um, but we do know there was a survey. So Illinois, starting in 2015, passed a law requiring civics ed in high school. And um, there was a survey of kids in Illinois in 2017 that, for kids who took this new curriculum that had a lot of, like, evidence behind it and mentoring and lots of good stuff. And those kids said that they they were more likely to be leaders in their group or an organization to discuss political issues and to volunteer. So that's just one survey. We don't really know. but um, And certainly in Chicago, we have a lot of anecdotal evidence of kids feeling – empowered by like being in a student voice committee and having a say in their
1: own school, yeah. how it functions. That makes sense. And Kate, we cannot talk about this test <laughs> without actually taking it, right? That is right? So we have a couple other WBEZ colleagues here with us in the studio right now who graciously volunteered their time and their brains. <laughs> they volunteered to take the old true false test for the first time right now on the air so we'll introduce our test takers first up is reset producer brenda ruiz hello hey brenda hey welcome welcome and we've got studio operations manager dave misca here as well hey dave hello sasha
2: and can I just say for Brenda, because five of the questions are in the Illinois Constitution and 10 are in the U.S. Constitution, and Brenda is not from
1: Illinois, so just no. everyone know
2: this ahead of time. I've yeah. never
1: lived in another state. I lived in Texas for the first 25 years of my life, so it's going to tricky. So we're expecting Brenda to get the first few wrong and Dave to get every single one right because he's never left the state of Illinois. Right. Got it. All right. No problem. I left. I just only lived here. Well, let us begin. All right. Question one. True or False. Illinois became a state in 1848 and was the 21st state. True False
2: The answer is false. Uh, Illinois became the 21st state in 1818. Okay. All right. Both the Illinois Constitution
1: and the US Constitution have a bill of rights. True True Yes. That is correct. Question 3. The 10th Amendment of the US Constitution recognizes the power of states. True. Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
2: The 10th Amendment says that the federal government only has those powers delegated in the Constitution. If it isn't listed, it belongs to the states or to the people. Mm. Okay. The biggest item in state spending is for highways. That can't be true. False. You got it. Oh, okay, good. Largest expenditures so are on ed, education, human services,
1: and healthcare. I'm so I'm so proud of you. I was be wow. really, really sad if that was true, though. <laughs> Explains a few things. But yeah. yeah. All right. Question five: Most Illinois court cases take place in the circuit courts. True. True, true or false? false? That's true. It's true. it's true. It's true. Yeah, that's true. what I meant. That's
2: the lowest court. That's where. <laughs> no, that's yeah, what
1: I meant. <laughs> everything. <laughs> nice try, Brenda.
2: Okay. All right. Moving to uh, Question U.S. Six. Constitution questions. Okay. The original thirteen colonies included Kentucky. False. False. Correct. Good. Woo.
1: Question seven. The U.S. Constitution allows for laws to be made on subjects that did not exist in 1787. True. Yeah, obviously. I yeah. Mean.
2: <laughs> Good. Sorry. You guys are doing great. Um, your state legislature has the same lawmaking scope as the U.S. Congress. Mm, false. No. No. You got it. False. They do not have the same. So Congress can only Congress can declare war, Mm -hmm. and federal laws, of course, apply to the whole country. You're doing amazing.
1: All right. Question nine: The U.S. House of Representatives has nothing to do with the impeachment of a president. False. False. Yeah, yes. you're right. Correct. It's false. Oh, okay. I, waited a little right. I wanted to give you articles, a little suspense there. Articles have to be filed in the House, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. The House files the articles, and then um, if the House adopts them, the president has been impeached and the Senate holds the trial.
1: That's right. Question
2: 10, Kate? Okay. The Declaration, the Declaration of Independence was the nation's first constitution. False. Correct. The Articles of Confederation was the
1: first constitution. All right. Question 11. The Bill of Rights are the first 10 amendments to the U.S. Constitution. True. true. Yes. Excellent.
2: They're killing it. Wow. Um, the Declaration of Independence came before the signing of the U.S. Constitution. True.
1: Yes. yes. Oh, I need to say true or false. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I think you skipped one. Oh, uh, did I? Question, it's okay. That was 13. I'll go back to 12. The U.S. Supreme Court justices are appointed by Congress. False. False. That's right. The That's president right. appoints
2: the justices, and the Senate confirms them. Um, states can make treaties with foreign countries. False. False. Right. They are prohibited. Only the only the president has the authority with the advice and consent
1: of the Senate. All right. And question fifteen of fifteen. Ooh, drum roll. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Federalism is the sharing of power by the federal government and state governments.
0: True, sort of. Well,
2: it's uh, it, yeah, it, it's got to be kind of. It is true. You know, my husband tripped over this question too. It's true. It is true. There's federalism refers to the Constitution system of dividing political power between the national government and the states.
1: There's, well, there's we're, multiple. We're splitting hairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people at home right now, like, their fist up at the the radio. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brenda and Dave, for taking the test. You survived. survived. Thanks for having us. Well so, done. We've been sharing our scores around the newsroom this morning, so my kids and I did it this morning, you know. Three Canadians. Disclaimer. Mm-hmm. We got a collective ten between the three of <laughs> okay. you. You know what, Brenda? <laughs> okay, uh, so we got ten, and we're we're working on it. We know where we went wrong, okay, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with that. Okay, um, so we passed. That's that's key. Oh, wait, passing is just majority right? Nine um, out of fifteen is considered a passing score, but people shouldn't feel bad for not getting a perfect score, right, Kate? Uh,
2: yes, this is a. Gr- <laughs> Growing learning experience.
1: Some of these questions were hard. I mean, do we have scores? Brenda, I got eleven. You were keeping...
2: um, correct. Nice.
1: Do we know what? Did Dave get any wrong? I think
2: Dave he, definitely
1: passed. He got better than me. <laughs> Let's just say that. I did this Illinois sweep. If you are keeping score at home, give us a call now at 915 WBEZ. Let us know how Dave did. <laughs> Thank you, folks.
0: Thank you. Uh, so Thanks. here
1: on the program, we recently talked about how knowing facts and dates is just one indicator of how civically engaged someone is. Now, Pew Research 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 recently polled people's knowledge about the government, finding less than half of adults know how long one term is in the U.S. Senate, for instance. So here's Will Howell. He's director of the Center for Effective Government at the University of Chicago.
2: This is seen as a a reason for lamenting the state of our politics and and hand-wringing about the capacity of people to self-govern and be meaningfully involved in our democracy. And this kind of knowledge... um, knowing facts about a political regime, to my mind, doesn't just um, mischaracterize um, what people know. It mischaracterizes what people need to know in order to be meaningfully engaged.
1: What do you think, Kate? I mean, what's the the best way to measure civic engagement, especially for young people?
2: Right. I mean, it's obviously very hard. And that's why this is an issue in education in general, right? We default to tests like true, false, multiple choice because they're They're easy. They're measurable. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, I think if like I was talking about before in Chicago public schools, if you you know, they have these student voice committees where kids get to talk about issues in their school and then they get to take action. You know, there's not a lot of research on this, but you can sort of feel intuitively like if a kid has a positive experience where they use their voice and speak up, that that's more likely to make them feel like they We'll continue that into adulthood, and that's certainly what we what we want.
1: How are students being encouraged to engage civically, like beyond memorizing the facts in school these days? You talked earlier about just being able—they were taking them on trips, right, and Mm -hmm. um, to courthouses, and uh, I know of kids listening to news programs and getting assignments like to watch the six o'clock news. right? Right? Anything else that teachers have come up with to try to be creative here?
2: Yeah, I mean, so there, you know, there's a. Volunteering requirement in Chicago public oh, schools, right. yeah. and and as part of CPS's new ish civics curriculum, th- they've really tried to make it embedded in the curriculum, so that it's not just sort of an add on and you just go do some random thing that just <laughs> you get your hours. Which okay, we understand why that happens. Yeah, but um, and then and as I mentioned, the student voice thing. I mean, one thing this, Sarah Carp did a story about it, and, and elementary school did this dreaming exercise, and one boy just talked about how. He wanted the cafeteria to make cupcakes because for his birthday, his family didn't have enough money to, you know, give him a party and he didn't have cupcakes. And Mm. like, just, you know, it's really small, but so meaningful to feel like you're you say something and your school responds. How that I think that can really have an impact.
1: Yeah. I'm also curious how students feel about their civic education overall. Any sense of that, Kate? Like what do they think of changes like the Constitution test?
2: Well, you know, obviously we don't have, you know, some kids took it, you know, um, like we there was a lot of conversation in our newsroom about our colleagues who grew up in CPS who, yeah, the Rem- test. Remember, <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, from the reporting Sarah Karp did, for example, about these student voice committees, I mean, you know, which are, these kids then have to take a test, but at least those kids seem to feel much more engaged then, you know, when I would talk to Sarah, for example, who went to CPS about passing that test it and her kids had to pass the test, you know, and yeah. so, and I mean, my daughter, one of my daughters went to private school and they did a lot of civics education and it, I can see how much a lot of volunteering that was very intentional and it's made a huge impact in terms of opening her mind and her consciousness and and her desire to volunteer and be engaged.
1: Wow, interesting stuff. WBEZ Senior Education Editor Kate Grossman and thanks again to our colleagues Dave Miska and Brenda Ruiz for being our (laughs) civics test guinea pigs. Yes. Yeah. Congrats. This episode of The Reset Pod was produced by Micah Yason and Dan Tucker, and it was edited by Dan and Brenda Ruiz. If you enjoyed this conversation, you can check out our full catalog of interviews about politics, arts, culture, and the topics that matter most to Chicagoans at wbez.org reset. That's all for this episode. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening.